A report on the Wall Street Journal says the U.S. is planning to dispatch more troops to Taiwan in the latter half of the year. That would bring up U.S. presence in Taiwan from 30 troops to up to 200. Analysts say the troops will not be soldiers who will aid in Taiwan's defense in the case of war, but more like a group of military consultants. As on the matter, the White House reiterated that its stance on engagements with Taiwan had not changed. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has changed dynamics in Eastern Europe, and some say it could indirectly bring about changes to cross-strait relations. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has repeatedly warned China against taking military action. If there are a crisis in Taiwan as a result of China's aggression, um, in some fashion, uh, that would have, I think, disastrous consequences for the world economy and for countries around the world. And that's the message, too, that uh, Beijing is hearing increasingly. With Beijing constantly flexing its military muscle, some have wondered whether Taiwan would be able to last even two weeks in an invasion. The Ministry of National Defense had this to say on the matter. Not just two weeks. We would go to the very end. I think China believes they can take over Taiwan in one go, in a very short period of time. But I think they are dreaming a little too big. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has given them a wake-up call. So they will, of course, pursue speed. But it doesn't matter how fast they'll want to be because they'll still have to cross the Taiwan Strait. A report on the Wall Street Journal says the U.S. is planning to expand its troop presence in Taiwan in the next few months, from about 30 a year ago to 100 or 200. If the plans go ahead, it will be the U.S.'s biggest deployment in Taiwan in decades. What our policy is when it when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, Taiwan, our support for and defense relationship with Taiwan remains aligned uh, against the current threat posed by the People's Republic of China and consistent with our One China policy. That has not changed. We have many exchanges with the U.S. It is not unilateral. For example, after we acquire certain arms, we naturally ask them to teach us how to use them and how to troubleshoot problems. I need to get a deeper understanding on the matter in order to give you an explanation. Strictly speaking, it would be more like a delegation of military consultants. They would not be the troops that are stationed here to help in Taiwan's defence. This kind of consultant delegation can help with Taiwan's military training and strategic planning. With Russia's invasion of Ukraine still ongoing, the U.S. and Taiwan are boosting military ties to better respond to changes in the Taiwan Strait. Every year with the approach of the 228 incident's anniversary calls for removing symbols of authoritarianism in Taiwan re-emerge. On Friday, the Union of Taiwanese Teachers, the NTU Student Association and NTU Graduate Student Association held a press conference on the matter at the National 228 Memorial Museum. Speakers underscore the importance of redressing the past and of ceasing to commemorate Taiwan's authoritarianism rulers. Let's hear from them. Conversations about removing symbols of authoritarianism have gone on for many years. The main goal is to remove, rename or in other way deal with these symbols, to reject the legitimacy of the government during the authoritarian period. It is only if we achieve this that we can truly reconcile and live together. 
doing something about these symbols of authoritarianism, it's kind of like recognising that we no longer agree with the engravings at the bottom of bronze statues that say saviour of mankind or greatest person in the world. At such a point, we should reject these symbols of authoritarianism. For example, all the Zhongzheng roads, the statues of Chiang Kai-shek and Chiang Jingguo, and pavilions in their honour. There's too many of them to count. All these things commemorating past authoritarian rulers have become part of daily life in Taiwan. I think removing these symbols of authoritarianism will not only redress the past, but also be conducive to a modern and democratic society. The head of the Union of Taiwanese Teachers, Li Huishen, specifically called on the Taipei city government to do its bit. She said many of its schools still feature statues of former authoritarianism leaders, and their libraries and meeting rooms still carry names honoring the KMT regime. One NTU student described the removal of symbols as a first step toward achieving true traditional justice. Popular new Taipei City Mayor Hou Youyi is one of the KMT's best shots at getting inside the presidential office in 2024. But if Hou runs for the presidency in early 2024, he will most likely need to take a leave of absence from his post as new Taipei City Mayor. At a handover ceremony for the new DPP City Council Caucus, DPP City Councillors expressed their opposition to potential presidential bid by Hou. The new Caucus Chief Zhen Yu-en called on Hou to stay in his mayoral post to the end and even threatened a bloodbath in the City Council if he tried to leave. On Friday, DPP lawmaker Law Zhezheng presided over a handover ceremony for the DPP's new Taipei City Councillors, which saw the outgoing caucus chief Chen Qineng resign and City Councillor Zhen Yu'en take on the post, along with all its onerous responsibilities. Unfortunately, many corruption cases and violations of the law involving the new Taipei City government have been reported recently, and there have even been cases involving questioning from prosecutors and detentions. As an opposition party, we hope that each comrade in the caucus will cooperate with each other over municipal work, do a good job of government supervision, so that the city government can conduct itself well. We hope that the mayor can properly fulfill his term. The interests of the nation and the people People must far exceed that of party factions, let alone that of an individual. The interests of the nation's people must supersede parties, party factions and you as a person. Faced with criticism and advice from lawmakers, New Taipei Mayor Hou Youyi, who came to watch the ceremony, stressed that the interests of the nation's people should be given top priority. The new DPP City Council caucus convener, City Councillor Zhen Yu-en, voiced hope for harmonious cooperation with the city government. She also called on Hou to fulfill his term as city mayor. If the mayor goes and registers to run for president or is even called up by the KMT to do so, we can predict a shutdown of the municipal government. And I can even foresee a bloodbath in the city council. Fearing that Hou will neglect his post as new Taipei City Mayor to run for president, the DPP City Council Caucus is making a collective call for the mayor to stay on in his post and do good work for his city. 
Ahead of a presidential poll in early 2024, there has been much speculation that the new premier, Chen Jianren, could be a potential DPP presidential candidate. However, Chen on Friday made it clear he has no intention to run. He made the comments when questioned by a KMT legislator while delivering a policy addressed to the legislative yuan. Chen said he gave up academic research to become a public servant serving the executive yuan because he hoped to serve the nation's 23 million people. However, being an academic is what he loves the most. When his terms as premier is up, he hopes to return to Academia Sinica to continue with research. Just one day earlier, on Thursday, the DPP announced the schedule for its primaries, with contenders to re register between March 13 and March 17. The annual Yangmingshan Flower Festival is in full swing, and this year, visitors can enjoy the event mass-free for the first time in three years. Until March 19th, a variety of flowers will be in full bloom at Yangmingshan National Park. FDB reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. The Yangmingshan Flower Festival has kicked off. There are different varieties of cherry trees at Yangmingshan, including the mountain cherry, Yae Sakura, Showa Sakura, and more. Aside from cherry blossoms, there are also azaleas, camellias, and more. Many visitors came out to admire the beautiful flowers. Some visitors even wore kimonos to take photos with the flowers. We wore a kimono and will visit various places to take photos with the cherry blossoms. We came to see the beautiful flower clock. We are from the south, from Tainan. It's so beautiful. Everyone hurry up and come. The Yamingshan Flower Festival has been held annually for 60 years. The flowers will be on show at Yaming Park and at the Floriculture Experiment Center. A number of events and activities are scheduled every year, including art exhibitions, DIY workshops, and more. According to the Floriculture Experiment Center, due to the pandemic, the number of visitors to the park two years ago was 670,000. Last year, there were 990,000 visitors. Officials predict that more visitors will return this year. We hope to attract more than 1 million people. In the past, we probably had about 1 million people every year. We worked very hard this year. With a mask mandate lifted for both indoor and outdoor venues, many visitors look forward to walking around mask-free and taking photos with their faces on full show. You can take as many pictures as you want with the restrictions loosened. Officials say that traffic control measures will be implemented at Yangmingshan during the weekends. Visitors are encouraged to take public transportation to travel to the park. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Tai Chen Yo in Taipei. The Council of Agriculture says it will import 5 million eggs from Australia as a shortage continues to sweep Taiwan. Officials say they will continue with other projects to stabilize domestic egg production by improving conditions for broody hens. Subsidies will also be offered for upgrading facilities at farms and minimize the spread of bird flu. To prevent hoarding, several supermarkets such as Carrefour, PX Mart, and RT Mart on Friday began rationing their eggs. Each person is limited to two boxes of eggs per purchase. A Mart has its own system that depends on the quantity of eggs available and the time of day. 
Simple Mart has not yet put restrictions, but will consider following suit so that customers can buy eggs. As the cost of food rises, many restaurants in Taiwan have put up prices. That means eating out is not as affordable as it was. For students in particular, rising prices have a big impact. But some eateries are working hard to keep prices down, and in the process, attracting many loyal customers. We take a look at some of the best value restaurants in the area around National Taiwan University. They are tasty, filling, and won't break the bank. But you might have to wait in line to get served. A curry set with a big fried pork cutlet, karaage chicken, a fried egg, vegetables and fruit, all for less than 200 NT. Customers flock here for fantastic value for their money. The rice and curry have infinite refills. This restaurant, hidden away in a back alley, has lines stretching down the street at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. I thought there would be fewer people at this time of day, but there's still loads. It's pretty cheap for Taipei prices, and you get free second. The taste and the value for money are both great. I'll take one second helping. I can't eat that much more at my age. It's a pilgrimage site for foodies. More than 700 customers come through here in just one day. The cost of ingredients keeps going up, but they keep margins low and keep the customers coming, and the business works. The main thing is to let young people eat their fill, so we don't limit the quantity. For takeaways, you can get extra rice and sauce. Customers can get a big portion. Another restaurant near NTU serves Hawaiian poke bowls. Fresh shrimp, salmon, chicken, and lots of other side dishes are all available. If you're eating in, you can get infinite refills on the quinoa rice and black bean tea. Well, students don't have much money, you know. We want to fill them up. We had always offered free refills of rice and noodles. And then, because of the cost of ingredients rising, the price of noodles kept on going up, and it became impossible for the owner. For cash-strapped students and busy working people looking for a quick meal, an affordable lunch spot is a godsend. As the price of eating out rises, eateries like this are becoming much sought after. Over the past few weeks, Taiwan's government and people have been doing all they can to help out with disaster relief efforts in Turkey, where a powerful earthquake left thousands dead earlier this month. A new fundraiser will take place soon in the Taiwan International Orchid Show, which will open in Tainan on March 4th. Orchids featuring the Turkish flag will be up for sale, with proceeds donated to the Health Ministry's earthquake relief account. The flowers are red and white, like the Turkish flag, and even feature its white star and crescent. President Tsai Ing-wen received an arrangement of the flower herself, posting pictures of their beauty on social media. She said the flowers show just how involved Taiwan is in helping out Turkey, not just with search and rescue teams, but also with donations. Zhanghua doctors were recently astonished by a patient with a case of instant temporary amnesia. A 52-year-old man was just getting up from the toilet when all his memories vanished. His family took him to the hospital, but no obvious cause could be found. A few hours later, the patient's memories returned. The case is reminiscent of a comedy drama like The Stolen Years. But for this patient, luckily, the only memories permanently lost are the episode itself.
Life imitated art in this echo of the stolen years. A 52-year-old man went to the toilet and, as he stood up, experienced instantaneous amnesia. He recounted how he went to the toilet, defecated, and then totally lost all his memory. He had no idea who he was or where he was. Our assessment is that it was a rather rare case of transient global amnesia. Mr. Liu felt like his memories had been flushed away as he stood up from the toilet. His family at first thought it was a stroke and rushed him to an emergency room. But CT scans and blood tests came back normal. After two hours watching and waiting, all his memories came back again spontaneously. When patients strain on the toilet, it can cause a reflex in the blood supply to the vagus nerve. That can cause a fall in blood pressure, a drop in the heartbeat, and possibly a drop in the supply of blood to the brain, resulting in this situation. Doctors say that transient global amnesia is more common for people under great psychological stress or suffering from anxiety. As for Mr. Liu, although his long-term memories all came back, he was left with a gap in his memory. He can't remember anything about the three hours between going to the toilet and coming back round in the hospital. Our understanding of the human body is constantly evolving. The best knowledge of yesterday might not be the best today. Now we take a look at some exercise recommendations that have been refined in recent years. Physiotherapists have created new warm-ups that are safer than the older stretches. But do you know the safest way to stretch your neck, knees or shoulders? Let's review the technique. Experts recommend that older people shouldn't rush into vigorous movements first thing in the morning. Sitting up and jumping out of bed too suddenly can lead to a stroke. And this rolling the neck action isn't recommended either. Recent physiotherapy developments suggest it's an outdated practice that puts too much pressure on the cervical vertebrae and arteries. Stretching your neck straight back is particularly dangerous. This side-to-side -side action is better. Do this kind of stretching motion to stretch the muscles a little and hold it there about 10 seconds. This is another outdated exercise. Hands on the knees and circles back and forward. It's a familiar mobility exercise for lots of people, but it's now also considered risky, especially for older adults. Scientific trials have shown that it's not that effective at warming up the knees and can cause injuries. For patients who are more at risk of degenerative arthritis or knee or meniscus injuries, this movement will cause more discomfort. A much more effective option is to sit down to reduce the strain and gently lift each leg like this for 5 to 10 seconds at a time, repeating the movements 10 times per side. Later, people gradually realize that this action can cause some strain on the body or the spine. In recent years, these warm-ups and stretches have been gradually improved to try to reduce unnecessary risks of injury from these kinds of movements. Rotating your shoulders in the wrong way can put excess pressure on them. Physiotherapists recommend placing your hands on your shoulders like this as you make circles inward and outward. Stretching your lower back can also cause injuries. A safer movement is lying on your back and hugging your knees into your belly like this. You can gradually hug them into your chest in a way that's both effective and gentle. Physiotherapists have revised their recommendations for how to limber up, whether it's morning stretches or warm-ups before sports. Using these new movements, you can get your blood flowing with more confidence. The weather starting turning colder earlier today on Friday, with the approach of a continental cold air front. Forecasters say it's going to get even chillier this weekend.
Lows are expected to plummet to 9 degrees in coastal plains in the northern half of the island. And high mountain roads may get a coating of ice. Temperatures won't bounce back until the last two days of the long weekend on Monday and Tuesday. It's the day before the long weekend and travelers are flocking to Taipei Main Station to return to their hometowns. The weather changed greatly on Friday afternoon with the approach of a continental cold air front. Temperatures are sliding all around Taiwan. The Central Weather Bureau says the coldest point will be between Saturday night and the early hours of Sunday. Temperatures will start falling after midday. So our forecast is that the first two days of the Peace Memorial Day long weekend will be quite chilly. It will be coldest from Saturday evening to the early morning on Sunday. The north and northeast will see lows of 11 to 12 degrees. Central and southern Taiwan, 12 to 13. And Hualien and Taidung, 14 to 15. Areas near mountains and coastal plains will see temperatures 1 to 2 degrees lower than that. It's also set to get rainier in the north and east, making for a cold and wet weekend. High mountain roads may even get icy. The front doesn't have a lot of water, so there would only really be sparse snowfall. High mountains in central, northern and eastern Taiwan may see ice, causing slippery roads. So remember to be careful when on the road. Forecasters say the cold and wet spell will ease somewhat in the last two days of the long weekend.